Yeah, it's the Macho Man Randy Savage. And Morris can't be here today because we're going to be talking about WWE Raw. Ooh, yeah. Brother, I don't know what you're talking about, Macho Man, brother. But this is Hollywood Hogan, and I think I should host down in the den, hashtag D-I-T-D, brother. If you know what's good for you, what are you going to do when I put these, both of your jabronis, shut your mouth and know your role. Finally, The Rock has come down in the den. And uh, guys, guys, I, I'll take it from here. Thanks, guys. Anyway, welcome to Down in the Den it's your host, Mars, and today we have a pretty big episode for you, so I'm going to get right into it, and first we're going to be talking about Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw was pretty big. We're getting into WrestleMania season. We're getting ready to see who's going to be facing who at the grandest stage of them all, and Raw was pretty good uh, overall. Um, there were some parts that I did not enjoy, that I did not like, uh, but there's no perfect uh, anything. There's no perfect forms of entertainment. So uh, Raw, for the most part, has has been growing on me. It's, it's been getting a lot better. Uh, overall, I give the show a, a seven out of ten. But it was a uh, it was pretty good. The part that really really kind of just blew my mind, and not in a good way, was the Shayna Baszler. Becky, that was just strange to me. So, uh, long story less long, Becky has a nice match with Asuka. Asuka. She wins the match, and out comes Shayna Baszler. This is no surprise. Everyone knew that it was leading to her facing Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania. But instead of just putting her in a submission or your standard attack, this has Paul Heyman written all over it, by the way. She proceeds to bite the back of Becky Lynch's neck. And I don't know if she's starting a new brew. Maybe Gangrel will re-debut next week. Very, very weird. Um, I it, it just seems like Paul Heyman to me. It seems like something that he would have done in ECW. Uh, but yeah, it was strange. And then what was even stranger, you know, they she's in intense pain. She goes into the ambulance. They strap her neck up, and then she, she drives the ambulance away. And I understand that she's the man. She's tough, uh, very stone coldish with driving the ambulance away. But come on, guys, suspend our disbelief. Have a little bit respect for your audience. It, it was just strange. But I'm interested to see. I think they can put on a hell of a match. I've been a big uh, fan of Shayna Baszler since she's I've been in NXT, and I love what she did with the NXT women's title, and I'm certain she could really elevate on Raw. It'll be a a different match, a different opponent. But, yeah, that was the only part that was just kind of really, really strange to me, the whole biting of the neck, and you see all this blood and gore uh, from Shayna Baszler's mouth. And I'm like, what in the world? Why, why Why would anyone really do that? Uh, another element that I liked, I really liked the slow build with Drew McIntyre. Not certain when he became a face or not, but seems like the crowd is totally behind him 100%. Uh, 
Uh, he's believable. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's a veteran, even though he's still a young guy, and, and he's believable of someone that could really uh, take it to Brock. So I think that's going to be a good match. And his segment with MVP was really cool. Uh, I like MVP. I've always been a fan of MVP. He used to have some incredible matches with Chris Benoit back in the day. I know he's done as a wrestler, and the rumor has it that he's going to be working as a producer backstage. But I really feel as good as he is on the mic, and he's still someone that can go if he needed to. I would love to see him start a stable with maybe a Cedric Alexander and a Leo Rush and some of the other wrestlers that are kind of on Apollo Crews, someone like that, that really uh, could use a talking piece. MVP would be perfect for that. So we'll see what becomes of that. Uh, nothing really else was too eventful in uh, Raw uh, Monday. Just putting the pieces in order. Of course, we have the Saudi Arabia uh, pay-per-view or network special that's to say before uh wrestlemania um so some pieces were set there uh, we saw angel garza big fan of him from my understanding he's going to be just working raw while uh andrade andrade serves his uh suspension but uh yeah overall it's pretty good raw seven out of ten as i mentioned earlier and and we're really getting into wrestlemania season and i'll be happy uh, to see what WWE has in store for us for WrestleMania season. So in other news, this weekend I saw Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous Emancipation of Harley Quinn. And I have to say, it was a pretty good movie. I'm already a big fan of Margot Robbie. I'm a big fan of Harley Quinn, the character. Her cartoon on DC Universe uh, app is absolutely hilarious. And uh, so I was all for uh, this movie. Uh, Birds of Prey, um, Huntress I'm familiar with, and Cassidy, and uh, some of the other characters, Renee Montoya, uh, I'm very familiar with. I really would have loved if they would have did, did the original concept, which was uh, Gotham City Sirens, um, where we would have saw Poison Ivy and Catwoman and Harley Quinn joining forces. I think it would have uh, made a little bit more sense, those bigger names. But uh, yeah, overall, DCEU is really starting to their last few entries. Of, even though I wasn't a fan of Aquaman nor Wonder Woman, I love Shazam. I think Shazam was excellent. Uh, this is really good. Of course, the success of Joker, even though that's not really... DCEU, and um, so I'm, I'm really just curious to see what we're going to do with the pillars. We know we're going to see Wonder Woman continue. We know HBO Max is going to have a Green Lantern series. We know the Arrowverse has really made everything canon, everything that's happened in Warner Brothers history from the Christopher Reeve Superman to 1989 Batman is all in the Arrowverse, including this DCEU. So they have some ways out, and I think the Flash movie is going to be what they use to kind of maybe bring forward uh, Rob Patterson's Batman into this version. I, I don't know. If Ben Affleck is really gone and Henry Cavill is really gone, you can't have the DCEU without your two biggest guns, and those two biggest guns are definitely Batman and definitely Superman, and uh, I know they're doing more of a standalone approach, but you still have these movies in the DCEU. 
And so I'm, I'm very interested. But yeah, Harley Quinn uh, movie, very good. I give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, it was funny. Uh, I think while it suffered at the box office, I think that has a lot to do with you having a Harley Quinn movie without the Joker. It's a hard sell. Uh, the Birds of Prey aren't as familiar to everyone. Ian McGregor, by the way, fantastic. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, he seems to have perished. I don't think that's the last we're going to see of him. Uh, I believe that explosion is going to be how the black mask get grafted to his face personally, and I, I think they'll bring him back. But uh, the DCEU can definitely be repaired, and um, I think it's in the right way. I think the next movie up for the DCEU is probably going to be the uh, Dwayne Johnson-led uh Black Adam. I know he's uh, getting in shape for it now, and they'll start filming this soon, so I, I believe that's Nets on their agenda. Well, actually, Wonder Woman 84 would be Nets, but I wasn't a very big fan of Wonder Woman. I was one of the few that didn't really like the Wonder Woman movie, uh, so I'm very curious to see how they navigate this, because they've had some successes. They've had some failures. The failures were epic, uh, but there, there's still room. There's still room for the DCEU to make it if they take their time, get directors and actors that really know the characters and love the characters instead of just copying Marvel's format. And if they do that and they do that well, I, I feel that there's a future. But, yeah, overall, if you haven't checked out uh, the Harley Quinn movie, I give it an 8 out of 10. It was very good, very entertaining. I want to be spoiler-free, even though it's been out for a week. I, I want to always, at least a month, I try to keep it from spoilers. So I may bring it back in, in a week or two after it's been out there for 30 days and do a full review with spoilers. But overall, check it out. Very entertaining movie. Very funny. Started off a little slow, but once it got past that slow pace, it was very, very, very good. So uh, 8 out of 10, the Harley Quinn movie. Very good. Check it out if you haven't done so. I think you'll dig it. Uh, I think you'll see some very great performances. And we know the next time we'll see Harley Quinn is in James Gunn's uh, Suicide Squad, or The Suicide Squad, I should say. So, um, yeah, I'm very hopeful. But Harley Quinn overall, 8 out of 10, definitely recommend it here on Down in the Den. So in other news in the Sony side of the MCU, and I guess it's really just one big MCU now, Sony has announced a new Marvel movie, an untitled Marvel movie for October 2021, which speculation is that this may be either the Craven movie, which has been rumored, or the Sinister Six movie. Um... 2021 is October 2021 is not that far away for a movie to be released. Usually if a movie is going to be coming out in a year and a half, we've already got a title. We've already got a cast. We already have a director. We already have a screenplay. We already have shooting locations set out. So this untitled movie has to be somewhat far in development. Now, we know Sony has been trying to get a Sinister Six movie off the ground for about a half of a decade now. Between Venom, Morbius, Carnage, who will more than likely be introduced in Venom 2, Vulture, I'm certain Mysterio will uh, return, and we find out that he faked his death. 
as well as some of the minor uh, characters that have been introduced in the MCU Spider-Man movie, such as the Shocker 1 and 2, the Tinkerer. Uh, We even saw Donald Glover as an early proto-prowler. There's more than enough villains out there that they can already do a Sinister Six if they want to, even though we don't have some of the classics like a Dr. Octopus or Green Goblin or any of the goblins. They can definitely do it. I'm just truly hoping it's not too much too soon. Uh, Marvel has a plan, and they have a great, great leader guiding them to make sure that they do everything in a perfect pace. That's one of the things why we don't get fatigue with the MCU. I feel right now with Sony kind of hitching their horse to the MCU and kind of hitching their success, we're having a chance where we can have over exposure to the Spideyverse. I'm hoping we go with the live action route, even though there's been a leak, a, a Morbius plot leak, which says that even though we've seen the Tobey Maguire, and it was rumored, is this going to be set in the Tobey Maguire universe? Is it going to be set in the Tom Holland universe? Which way is it going to be? We were hearing rumors that Sony really wants to get Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield back for a live-action Spider-Verse, which makes perfect sense to me. I really, really hope that the twist is that this is going to be in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. It would spider-verse it would make so much more sense why venom had never heard of aliens and things of that nature it would get rid of a lot of the plot holes that were uh would be around if this was all set up in the mcu the whole time the only problem if this is truly the toby mcguire spider-verse that means that he's already fought Venom, obviously, in Spider-Man 3, unless we're just going to forget it, which means that the only real way to do this successfully is to make this link into the Andrew Garfield Spider-Verse and then bring in Toby and bring in Tom Holland as an older and younger version of Spider-Man to do a live-action Spider-Verse and hopefully introducing Marvel uh, Miles Morales. There's so much we can do, but I'm very nervous when the MCU isn't in charge. Sony has shown that they put profit over story, over director. Their involvement really ruined Spider-Man 3. And, you know, Sam Sam Raimi was really hitting it out the park. Spider-Man 1 and 2, especially 2, are some of the best Marvel movies, period. Especially non-MCU Marvel movies that have ever been produced. And some of the best superhero movies that ever been produced. uh, Spider-Man 2's Dr. Octopus... It's one of my top five favorite villains in all of cinema. So when they let the director do what they want to do and not interfere, you get a classic, classic Spider-Man tale. When you get too much interference, you get Jamie Foxx as Electro saying Itsy Bitsy Spider and Paul Giamatti in a rhino suit and... uh Ding Don Han as the Green Goblin and Norman Osborn's head being it, uh, just a mess. The Amazing Spider-Man was just a mess and could have been so much better. But I think the audience is ready to forgive and forget 
just for the spectacle of seeing all three spider cinematic Spider-Mans on one screen. But they have to be patient and they have to do this without rushing to get there. And more importantly, riding those coattails of the MCU, they really can't make more. We see the first time they co-produce with Far, not Far From Home, I'm sorry, uh, Homecoming. They already got a year wrong with when the Battle of New York happened. They put it eight years when it should have been uh, six years at the time. So we already know they don't have the attention to detail that we have in the Marvel Universe. And Marvel is so good at what they do, the MCU. They're so good at what they do. They're able to retcon things uh, like they did in Far From Home when they showed that the reason Mysterio is who he is is because of what Tony Stark did in Civil War. So the MCU is a master of retcon, but if they're not given full creative control, I I don't really have the trust. And I actually like Venom. I really did like Venom. uh, And that's 90% because of Tom Hardy. Uh, Maybe 99% of Tom Hardy. He really put his heart and soul in the role and did a great job as Eddie Brock. But there was still a lot to be desired from the special effects to some of the plot, some of the pacings. You can see the clear-cut distinction between a MCU-produced Spider-Man movie versus a Sony Spider-Man movie. So hopefully the collaboration will be more than just characters swapping or they give us a reason to not hinder the MCU. Spider-Man is a great character. Obviously, he's the heart of Marvel, and I understand that they're making sacrifices that they wouldn't do for any other character. But with the Fantastic Four back in the grips and being done properly and the X-Men back in the grips being done properly and all of the ability to put some of the minor characters in Disney Plus, they don't really need Spider-Man right now. So hopefully they don't let Sony do what Sony does to ruin it and we get a really good Spider-Man movie. But yeah, the Morbius leak and, and now with this new October 2021 date what do you think it's going to be i'm thinking craven personally although i would love craven to be the villain in homecoming three but um i'm hoping it's not the sinister six that quickly i really do but i'm very interested i'm very interested i'm gonna give a shot i'm gonna go in there with a grain of salt but i'm gonna go in there with uh completely uh positive intentions and hope for a great movie but yeah a new date sony in the uh, Marvel Universe, we're looking for 2021 to have five Marvel movies. If we could survive 2021 without superhero fatigue, there will never be superhero fatigue. So I'm very, very interested in that. But uh, that's it for today's episode. I thank you guys for listening. Please like, share, comment. Uh, tell me what you want to talk about. What do you like about the show? It's not just my show. It's your show. The Den is for everybody. And everybody is welcome in the Den. And until next time, deuces.